we were in the past, but Lord, we are entering in, and have been in this new digital age, and we just pray, Heavenly Father, that as with the many different inventions through time, from uh, the telegraph to the telephone to television, radio, Lord, this is a new medium. We just pray that yeah, as Christians we would understand how to use it, how not to use it, how not to abuse it, and Lord, give us the ability to focus everything onto you, your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and resurrected and died for the sins of all who would believe. We thank you for that, Heavenly Father. In Christ's name we pray this. Amen. I'd like to ask that um, uh, everybody keep your cell phones on. Um, there's a new program that I have. It's somewhat illegal. It's able to download your email, your uh, texts that are on your phone right now. And at the end of the forum, what I'd like to do is go through some of those texts that are a little... I've got a little algorithm that kind of picks out some of the sketchy, little racy stuff that's not necessarily written to your wife or significant other. And it, 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 all it has is your cell numbers. It doesn't have you know, your name. I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> I did this to your teens, your children, and there was quite a... And I'm sure some of us here had some nervous... Uh, some of us were a little nervous, right? Uh, I'm sure there is a program to do that. I don't have it. I would probably be incarcerated if I were using it. Um, but basically, I did this to both the teens, both the men and the women, the girls and the boys. And there was a lot of anxiety on people's faces. I, I was, if I would have said there's two more minutes left before I can download it, I, I think I probably would have had some girls maybe running off having to go to the restroom really quickly. I stopped it because I just I couldn't keep doing it that, that long. But uh, just imagine, though, God does see all of our texts. God does know everything that goes on on our Facebook. So uh, just something to consider, a little, little something. Before we get started, I'd like to play this video. It's a short four-minute video uh, about what most of us probably already know and Based on some of the surveys, some of you need to know better.
This uh, presentation was first given in Pine Valley. I'm going to give credit to where credit was due. George Meeklia did 98% of the work on this. Um, so I did some modifications, updated some of the information as we went along. This was in 2012, so uh, he wasn't here to be able to present it. So I uh, was asked to do a forum, and I figured doing this one that was already regurgitated would be easier, but doing three of them been a pain. But I'll try to act enthusiastic about my third one. Um, the world is changing. Um, basically, why e holy? The Bible says we should be holy. Be holy for I am holy. And, you know, you, you, you can go anywhere now. And one of the things that's very interesting, we walked out of uh, a restaurant in Mansfield, and there at the table were grandparents, children, the grandparents, the parents, and then the children. And every one of them, except for the grandparents, was looking at the menu. There was no discussion going on. One of the sons had headphones on. He was even unabashed. He was going to, you know, he's going to totally be plugged in and was watching whatever was, what he was watching on his iPad and, and just totally tuned out. So this, the world that we're living in now is completely different. What we're going to be doing is focusing on the social media effect um, on us and, and our children. Regular media, we know what that is, right? It's one way. Uh, newspapers, television, uh, sometimes just the internet, just looking stuff on the internet is one way. Basically, the traditional method, you get some flyers in the mail, they're feeding us information. Well, now, um, it's a lot different. Uh, Romney, many of you guys who are in the United States, maybe even in Canada, followed the elections. And um, if you wanted to become a millionaire or a multimillionaire, the person that you would want to listen to is Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama. He has a net worth of $250 million or so. But he didn't win the election. And one of the, one of the reasons that they're saying that during one of the debates, someone asked him some question. And how do you guys think Mitt Romney answered a question that he was very knowledgeable about? Was it directly? How, do you, how would you suspect that Mitt Romney, who's about 70 years old, he's definitely is a not familiar as much as some of our young kids are with technology. How, would he have, how did he answer it, and how should he have answered it? What, what are some thoughts? Anybody remember? Anybody watch? Was I the only one that watched? Yes, back there. Yes. Was he right? What do you guess? Yeah, but his facts were right. He was right. But what, what people want and what, what, what we now are so used to is we want to interact. We want to first hear what your problems are and we want to empathize with them. And Oh, yes, I feel your needs. I mean, who first epitomized that? Do you guys remember the United States? Which president captured our hearts? Bill Clinton. I feel your pain. He grabbed the microphone and what was George H.W. Bush doing? Looking at his watch, right? If, that, if we could almost think in 1992, that was when the internet was really coming into vogue and it was really coming. I remember that was when the first time I was sitting at a class. And I was probably one, one of, you know, many of us were in this room, on the ground floor where I was sitting in class, listening to a lecture, and I was online, I was checking my email, and David Demeter out in California was emailing me, and then I figured out as we were crossing emails, he was at his computer at the exact same time. That was exciting. 
That was thrilling to think, I know he is sitting right now at a computer somewhere and we are interacting. 19, that was about 1994. That's, you know, we're talking about that's the beginning of where social media. Here, here are some of the things that your kids and some of you are, are looking at, how, how we can interact with those around us. I mean, one of the things that I, mean, I first got inundated with is Club Penguin. Um, my little boy over there tells me about all these levels, and I'm glad he's not going to understand this. I have no clue what he's talking about. I nod to him and say, yes, yes, what level are you on? Good job, Rudy. But this guy friended me, or he said, no, he doesn't want to meet. I don't. So, but it's interesting, at that young age of five, they are finding creepy people online. Um, Why talk about social media? It affects us everywhere. The media it has a, quite an audience, and as well as an influence. And it's going to affect how our next generation, how we deal with this. Just like our parents and grandparents had to deal with television and radio. And how many think that the internet is satanic? Okay. How many think that the cathode ray tube is inherently evil? Like there is a devil in the electrons that go up and down on the cathode ray tube. You guys know what a CRT is, right? It's the old big television. There's nothing inherently evil about a cathode ray tube. There's nothing inherently evil about the internet. There's, it is not evil incarnate. It is technology. I mean, just like standing on a piece of wood is, is not evil, but bludgeoning somebody to death with a piece of wood would be considered a little bit evil, right? So the medium, the platform is not evil. What we do with it, just like in any generation and how we react with it, is going to affect whether it's evil or not. Um, so here's kind of the statistics. Mar March of this year, Facebook had 1.1 billion users. That's around 16% of the population. And we, as we saw in the video, I would see sometime in the future probably that China, I would, uh, China and Facebook and whatever medium they use, uh, the video showed, will probably join up. So you'll have almost half of the world's population on, I mean, they're on already some sort of uh, social network. We aren't just becoming the internet, we are becoming part of it. We're not just using it. How many of you guys are familiar with Terminator, the movie? You shouldn't be. There's a lot of killing in there. Anyway, how many of you guys know about Skynet? Uh, okay, now, what was the problem with Skynet? Could they, the Skynet was the computer that overtook the world and spawned an insane amount of four or five Terminator movies. What was the problem with when they tried to take out Skynet, you know, they were trying to find this core computer? What was the problem? Why couldn't they find it? Come on. Yeah, it was everywhere. It, it was everywhere. And that's, that's the way the social media is now. There's no shutting it down. I think as Christians, I, you know, we would maybe like to. We'd like to remove ourselves. And there are ways we can unplug, and we'll, we'll talk about them. But there's no shutting down where we're at now. Romans 11:12 instructs us to not be conformed to the pattern of this world. What is that current pattern and how can we tell? Um, those that are born, like all of your teens, all the, your, your age uh, kids, almost every one of them, I'm not even considered at 39 a digital native. These are people that grew up with it. You and I would be considered digital immigrants. You know, the way, the way that we talk and that we interact, um, that's, how, that's how we are. And actually, one of the kids was telling me, you know, I, uh, that my dad, she said, or he said, uh, doesn't even know how to turn on the computer. He's just so, you know, bad at that. And I said, well, that, some of us here,
some of you are digital cavemen. And so it's important to kind of pull some of us out of that cavemen. If our children are going to be involved in this, being in the caves, we need to be understanding what's going on out with the natives. Um, they're jacked up. How do we speak now? This is our accent. Uh, and this is all uh, at the end of this forum, and I'll, I'll, put the, I'll put this online as they asked us to. There's a lot of these. Uh, basically, what do we say? Print out an email. Well, our kids and your kids are not saying print out an email. They want to say a website. Well, what's that website? You know, uh, you, you know, print out that website rather than, well, just send me the URL. Send me the link. Well, we, a lot of times the way we talk is, is totally different. They, we, they turn to the Internet uh, first. And I think we're starting to do that too. Obviously, a lot of us get most of our facts from Wikipedia, right? Um, they're born into this world. They never knew a world without the internet. All, all of us here knows a world. Each one of us knows a world without the internet. They don't understand that. But more interesting than anything that I'm going to say is what your, your kids are saying. And I hope that, obviously, take this with a grain of salt. Some kids may not have thought this was completely anonymous. Um, there, you know, some people may, and you're going to see some patterns in questions that uh, they, some of your kids are shaping them because they know who's listening or they don't want to throw you under the bus, so there's some good things with that too. Five out of seven teens have a Facebook account. 35% have regretted something that they've said later. Some have, the, the average was about 330 was a friend count, which is not that huge, but some had as high as 1,500 friends. Four in six said their parents also had a Facebook account, which means you have a good ability to uh, check up on them and see what's going on. This is not a shocking statistic. I think the 23% of teen girls are 85% of teen boys and 94% of teen boys 17 and older have visited sites containing pornographic content in the past two years. This should not be a shock to you. The 23% of your, of your daughters, yeah, that, that, that kind of shocked me. But So I, I guess I want, I think it's for the, most of the kids, it's going to be eventually close to 100 for them. So just something to be aware of that if you don't know this, you, now you do. And if you don't know this, you need to be having some conversations with your kids about this. Yet, here's the shocking thing. 66% of your children said, and I only did 30 and 30. 30 is kind of the minimum statistical number you should have to get a normal distribution in a curve. I eventually, I like to do all of them. There's 178. I found out I didn't have enough time, nor did I want to spend enough time here at camp to compile all this data. Eventually, I'll compile all this data and put it in uh, medium, probably the messenger, where you can see a more, more uh, uh, it'll be actually the actual population. It won't be even a, a survey. This will be the actual population, what, what they say. 66% said, there's no limits. Parents do not set their limits on how they can be online. Now, you can't look at everybody else and think, well, everybody else isn't setting it. There's 66% of you parents are not setting limits. Now, you also may be setting limits, but they may not know it. They may also be not being truthful. Either way, there's some disconnect. Either you are setting rules and limits, and they don't know it. Either they are, and they're just saying you're not. So there's some disconnect here that there, what, what I want this forum to do is just to get you to understand a little bit more, to maybe to talk to your kids. And 49% of their parents do not set rules or guidelines on what types of media content they, go, they can go on. I don't know if that's true, but your kids are saying that. 
your kids are saying that one out of two of them, parents, they don't know what the rules are and what they can go on and what they can uh, spend their time on. When asked about their overall thoughts about how they obey parents, their parents' rules versus other teens, 96% of the teens said they obey their rules most of the time. You should be pretty proud of that. That's pretty awesome. However, 25% of the, their teen, they said their teen friends obey only most of the time. So what they're saying basically is, I like my congressman, but everybody else's congressman is bad. You, when you look at Congress, the, the, the polling data for Congress is, they're like 14% approval rating. But yet we send the same guys back to Congress all the time because we always think it's everybody else that's bad. What they're saying here is, everybody else is disobeying, but mom and dad, I'm not. What do you guys think is going on here? Yeah, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> yeah. I think the number is probably closer to 25% of your children are diso and I'm, I can say now your because my daughter still is 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 not um, not on the internet, but 25% uh, and maybe I need to be watching her more. But uh, but anyway, 25% she didn't take the survey, so but 25% of the teens say others aren't obeying. It's probably closer to 25%. So one out of four here look at everybody else and say, well, no, Cindy or Sam or Joe is not obeying their parents. So more than likely, probably also your children may not be as well. And all I'm saying is, I don't know who these are, these are very anonymous, is for you to be aware of that. Um, and ask if, they like, if being online makes them more likely to go outdoors and to, you, know, you know, if they want to look at nature on the internet and then it makes them want to go out and, and climb a tree. 76% um, said they're like, less likely to go outdoors. So, and the, way, and the reason I asked some of these questions in the previous survey, they were worded like, oh yeah, the internet, you know, I, it doesn't affect me. I like to go outside even more now that I have the internet. Yeah, oh, come on. Really? No, I don't believe that. Just like I, don't, I didn't believe that they, they obey their parents most of the time. What do your kids think of you? 7% said their parents do spend too much time on Facebook. That's great. 7% say, ah, you guys are fine, right? 53% said their friends' parents spend, spend too much time on Facebook. So it's only the others. Okay. I'm just kind of glad they didn't catch what I was trying to do. They, they, what was good is your kids are not throwing you under the bus. I don't know what you guys are doing to give them payback, you know, to, but they're, they're not throwing you under the bus. 26% said their parents spend too much time on new media, but 63% said other kids' parents do. Brothers and sisters, I think it's more like 63% and 53%. Just something to be aware of. So which one is true? These are what things kids say about you. Um, I think a lot of them are hilarious. Some of them are, don't be on it all the time. You have kids that want to be with you. Stop with the internet. This is on, this is handwritten stuff. Don't creep so much for creeping for some of our very elderly ones that may not know. Creeping is when you go on your kids and maybe comment a lot and say, you know, hey Sally, that was really cool. They're saying that they don't like that so much. 
And th this was a multiple. This was, a lot of these that I put on here were more than one. Stop with the internet. Um, don't comment on all your kids' posts. Three to four people said that, of, of that I've gone through. Um, I feel my mom is on her phone and iPad way too much. Even I put away my phone at dinner, but she sometimes texts at dinner. Limit it like you limit us from using it. Um, I mean, some of these are pretty... I would say, if I were a parent and my child wrote this, these are actually, this would be very sad. This would be, I would say, this would be very disappointing to me. On me, not my child. Use it when convenient, but don't lose that face-to-face -face connection, interaction. Inter interaction. Keep, now here's a brown noser. Keep us accountable. We might not like you at the moment, but we will thank you one day. Who, that's everybody's parent, right? That's, a, you're, that's your kid, right? One said, don't do drugs. Don't know what's going on in that home. Um, just don't please. Thou art not cool. Thanks. 14-year-old. Come on, what do you expect, right? Learn how to use social. A lot of it was learn how to use social media properly. Um, make sure. What's that? Yeah, there should, are there rules and etiquette? I guess it's not creeping. Make sure your child can be trusted before she enters, or she or he, enters the world of media. There you go. Make sure they can be trusted. Instead of always commenting or being upset what they post, make sure that they are, know what the rules are. Make sure you know what they are doing. When older relatives, uncles and aunts, and comment all the pictures and status, it is annoying. That was a 16-year-old. So um, I won't post on, the, on Messenger all the comments. But uh, the, uh, the data and everything, we'll, we'll, I'll have that in a couple millennia. Um, effects of social media. Some of the individuals, individuals who are behind the thrust are now concerned of what, this, what, this could, be, what could be happening. Some of the net negative effects. Teens who use Facebook show more of a narcissistic tendency. What's, what's narcissism? Okay, attention, uh, prideful on, on yourself, Rob. Okay, good. It relies on other people, a very uh, fragile sense of ego, relying on other people to confirm it. Very good. This is what some of the studies have shown. Daily overuse of media and technology has a negative impact. Facebook depression, anxiety. These are some of the things that studies have shown have that. Um, it can also uh, negatively impact learning. Um, some of the positive effects, and I'd like maybe to talk a little bit about this while we have the time. Um, do you, virtual empathy towards others, encouraging others, you know, when you're, on, when you're on Facebook, you can have friends all the way in California or wherever that can empathize with you and, and sympathize with you. Do you feel that this is a seriously positive effect? Is this, is, is this something, one of these, are, are these are this, is this a positive effect where people can comment, you know, um, I'm feeling upset today, um, or does it feed that narcissistic tendency? Any comments on that? Since it seems like there's a little bit of a tension. Yes, in the back, tension.
And is it bad? I, I agree. It, it, I think there's a general, I mean, if you post a picture and you say, wow, you, you look a little rough today, that would be non-etiquette, right? <laughs> but it's true, right? Do, is it, I mean I, I mean, I don't know. Is that good? Is it, there's one in the back that was... Okay, you don't think it's good at all? How many of us have had texts going back and forth, and invariably the one thing that we all hate when we're texting, the person calls you, and you're like, whoa, whoa, there's a space that we have. That's etiquette. I, mean, I know it's etiquette not to call when you're texting, because it's like, we're texting now. What are you doing calling? I, I, you dropped the phone. Because there was some miscommunication, or sometimes it's, okay, this is too much over texting. You know, I understand that. But sometimes you, you misunderstand and you're like, I didn't mean it that way at all. I was more joking. And, and then there's a lot of reparation that has to happen. Wait, one, one more comment, Rob. And maybe the problem is so much the ones who are saying it don't even know the person. And so the, the, like maybe the ones that are really sincere that know them, if you know a brother or sister or no one, you're, you're trying to share some empathy with them, yours should have more impact because you know them, but yet 20 other people are sharing it and it's kind of shallows it for them. All right. What, a, what about uh, giving the shy and introverted? I mean, we, we've seen this before, right, where you've... Uh, We've met people, we've met friends that we maybe online, and we were connecting online, and then when we see each other in person, it's that awkwardness where you want to go, hey, well, we're sitting at each other's table, Can we, let's just text each other, let's just, let's go on Facebook and talk. It's much better then. Does this, and maybe this does, this is one of the positive effects that, that was presented, does this give some that are, I don't know, the shy here and, the, and an introverted won't speak, but... Does it give them a better platform? Does it maybe make them able to do things that they aren't able to? It's a crutch. Okay. It could be, it could be a crutch and make, make them not learn. Greg. 
And I think what's good here, parents, I want you, you know your kids better than anybody does. And you know if your kid is super shy and yet they're just into that computer nonstop or into that social media, you are the ones that are going to need to intervene. And that's really what this forum, I think you're starting to see, that's why some of the comments are awesome. Most of the comments are awesome, all of them. Um, to think which one was it, which one did I not like, right? Um, they're awesome because you are the ones that are going to be dealing with your children. Not me, not your pastor, not your elder. You know what's going on in your home. So if your child is introverted and you see them going uh, you know, hog wild on, on this, perhaps it's time to pull them back and teach them how to talk. Teach them some of these things. They can be taught. Not, they're not, they may not be as garrulous as, as, as the most garrulous person in the world, but they, they can be taught. Um, can de- develop a self-entity. Or, okay, these are brands. McDonald's. We'll go through these quick. Nike. Digital identity. What's your brand? I think what we want to do, too, is look at everybody that has some imprint on the Internet. There is, there is uh, a brand you project. How can, okay, we're, we're, since the, the biggest medium is Facebook, how can we as Christians, how can we portray from our, let's use Facebook, from that, that site that maybe somebody may visit, a one, uh, one of our school friends or somebody that knows us or our neighbors, they may visit, how can we portray Christ, brand, have a brand out there that exemplifies in some way Christ? Because I think, you know, when we look at each other now, you walk down the street, I don't care who you are in this group, I don't care what you wear, I don't know that you're a Christian. You're not going to be able to tell solely by the way one looks. Because there's a lot of good Mormons that dress very, very conservatively. A lot. There's a lot of good Muslims that dress even more conservatively, women, than we apostolics. So what I'm saying here is, this is a greater effort, a greater medium by which we can show or the world can see or derive or find out whether we actually are Christians. What are, what are some ways that that you know, when you look at your children's websites, when they when you're with them, or your own, that we can show that we are Christians. Back. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm, what I, I will disagree with you on this. It is not our only method. I did not say it was our only method. How can we, though, as Christians, use every medium? That's my question. How can we, as Christians, use every medium to, to uh, portray Christ? Because we're not just shining our light as, we're shining our light digitally, too. We're shining our light as we speak. I'm shining my light as I use through this technology that's been around for a long time. So the question is, how on digitally, Facebook, can we do that? 
I, I, well, I, I, I suspect we can. Deb. Very good. Yeah, and in, in there, what, what can we have in there? No, David. It wasn't just shallow relationships. They knew that these were people that actually knew them. Good point. County. example. Um, I was out in Colorado, and I don't know who it was. I still haven't figured it out, but I was, I got, I went online, and I saw my account, and I got a bunch of comments and posts because I liked some Barbie uh, dress-up. And I'm like, you know, I got all this, now I know what preachers do in their spare time when they're on vacation, and, and you know what? I refuse. I am not taking that down. I said, you know, like, I'm not going to, I'm like, you know what, the more you, if I tried to deny it, it would be even worse. So I'm like, yeah, you'll never know. So I figured out my, which one of my kids did it, or Emily, I don't know if it was you, <laughs> or Rudy. But uh, so, it, you know, there it is. I, I wake up one morning, and all of a sudden, uh, out there, and I'm like, there's five comments on people, and, and I, you know, I can, I can grin and bear it. But everything else, everything is out there. You are 100% right. Um, when, we were, when we all grew up in this room, if you wanted to look at somebody's album, what did you do? Where was that album? In the house. It was, who, had, who, who had access to it? Your friend, everyone that was in your home that you would let. It was usually even sometimes in a, and you'd bring out the albums. There was a lot more protection on it. I think something we, we needed to be teaching our children too and to be aware of is there's always, there's always a camera around and that can be posted instantly. And, and to, be, to be aware of that. So... Because it can go viral very quickly. Um, all right. Something that we talk about too, custom digital identity. We talk about portraying someone who you are. A lot of times we can portray who we want to be. Is it okay to portray who we want to be or who we think we are? Or is that, is that good or is that just duplicitous or am I leading you? Is it, I mean, you know, do we, should we portray who we want to be or who we really are? Greg. 
See, I should have taken a picture of when uh, Rudy vomited on uh, Sunday night. Click! Rudy enjoying his second Eastern camp, you know, with the upchuck on the floor, right? Yeah, why don't we post those things, right? Wow. Um, any other comments? Yeah, you probably would, right? Okay, it'll be on tonight. Um, are we representing Christ online with our personas? We are ambassadors. What's an ambassador? Can someone give me a definition of an ambassador? Yeah, with formal authority, right? Representative of a higher power. That's a good one, good one. Any other comments? We are, brothers and sisters, we are all ambassadors. Our children are ambassadors. And what they portray, what we portray... I mean, this is something to, even, to really consider. Um, you know, years ago, um, uh, as, uh, as, as, as growing, growing in Christ, one of the things that, you know, you'd, you'd go to uh, weddings and you would, you know, people would be offering you uh, alcoholic beverages there. And, then, uh, and what, I, what I learned early on is I have no trouble with alcohol. I mean, Scripture has no trouble with it, therefore I don't either. Um, so, but what I learned early on is that image, you know, I have no trouble laughing, I have no trouble being somewhat jocular, I have no trouble doing that. Well, so for some people, they need some alcohol to get to that level. And so when they see that drink in your hand, they immediately would consider that. We as Christians have to think that even now, I think even more, probably deeper, that i got to remember who could see this picture and think that I'm acting silly because of this, and it could go immediately viral. And we, we're not, some people might think we're being fake. No, we're just being careful, because in one snapshot, you can't, it, it goes on the, on, on the Internet, it can't be retrieved. Somebody may have it, and they'll have it. You may delete it, but it's always there. I think that's what, I think... Do, we, do you think it's harder to be a Christian now in this age than it was 20 years ago when some of us grew up, when I grew up, was growing up? Is it harder to be a Christian now than it was back then in, the, in light of digital media? So in a way, it's almost good. I, maybe. It reveals people can't hide it as well. Okay, Rob? Okay, but what about the time when we're at Cedar Point and we're at, we're at, we have a picture and we're just acting crazy? Ah, 
and a picture goes, it goes viral, and then, you know, the, we, we look at that, oh, how, how is that brother acting like that? So then should we then, because we did that 20 years ago, and well, maybe we shouldn't have. No, I don't think so. There's nothing wrong with going at East Cedar Point. But then, then should we then as Christians that are watching this understand that there's going to be a lot more of these silly moments that are captured because before you had to have film and you had to get, it cost, I remember uh, Timo Bajanas would, would spend thousands of dollars on, um, uh, Walter's brother, we would spend thousands of dollars on, on film and pictures at Eastern camps, taking them, and we would love watching them. And, but it was very expensive to do. You didn't just take a bunch of pictures. Now you can take pictures of people knowing you're going to delete them in a few minutes. Like, sure, yeah, this is great. So do we then, as believers, need to be less critical of this? Because you can't have it both ways. I mean, or you can a little bit, but at some point it it's, doesn't make any sense. rid of it yeah shocked what is this I'm not even going to look whose hands are raised because I, I will have. Um, da, 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 da. You know, uh, David spoke about how, how awesome it was um, on these carrying bridges at, uh, for uh, little Silas to be able to talk. And, you know, there, there, there's a way where the, the world was able to see that we as believers, we are different and we can come together and we do have that love one for another. That the Bible does say. By the love that you have one for another, others will know that you are my disciples. So there, there are definitely wonderful positives. I mean, just even the apps that you can get where you can get, have, uh, it, it, right here, I mean, even this, you have, I have multiple versions and commentaries all on, on a laptop, and let alone on a, uh, on, a, on a smartphone. Unwanted connections. We don't always choose our connections. Sometimes they find us. Would somebody want to give a, a, an example of when you know they've had a someone in the past call them and Facebook them and it was a little you know I'm just kidding nobody wants to share that right but we've heard of these things and we see that one third of all new I think it's one third of all new divorce filings last year probably 2011 had the word Facebook 
in the divorce filings. We know how this can happen, right? And maybe this, as these are us as parents, you know, I, uh, uh, I kind of breeze through this with the teens because they, they'll get to that in a few years or soon. But we as, you know, as parents, and we have, who have had friends in the past from our school and, and old, uh, old flames or friends, uh, how can that be dangerous? Who wants to tackle that one? How can that be dangerous? Yummy. But what happens is you reconnect with your old friends or flames, whatever you want to call it. And you know, you start talking about the past. Things you did, how you used to hang out. You know, that's not that's not your life now. You know, unless you're witnessing to that person, you really should not be friends with an ex boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Because that's how it starts. Thank you. Good comment. Anybody else? I think it's okay not to friend people. Like just because you get a friend request, like I've had issues from I don't think so. And you're you're afraid of um, insulting them or you know hurting their feelings somehow. But I really think, especially in those cases, if they friend you, if they try to friend you. Yeah. I think that's what I was really talking about. It is, in my view, compared to, I mean, just like with pornography, you know, 30 years ago you had to go to the airport or some sketchy mall somewhere to get, to get the, the pornography. You don't have to do that now. And I think pretty much we've all come to grips with pornography's wrong, right? Um, we've got a lot of forums on that. But I think now this is, this is where it's a little, we can view it as a little bit more innocent. You know, we're just, we're just, emailing and we're just talking back and forth. Any other comments on this? Unwanted connections. I think people get caught up in the word friend, you know, that 
they think automatically this makes some strong connection between someone and they start feeling guilty. So, you know, as Julie was saying, I think, you know, it's okay to click not now or, or even just ignore it, you know. When they get the not ever button, right? <laughs> okay. You can set your profiles, that's correct, to not be findable. Yeah. Yeah. Son is following Wilt Chamberlain, and he's, a, he's it's okay right now. <laughs> no, I know, probably probably uh, athletes as well. I mean, they're they're a good good point. I mean, are we monitoring? And that's you know some of the stuff we talked about these Twitters uh, where you're following people and listening to all their comments. I mean, is that the influence that we want? And you as parents, really, you you need to be talking to your kids about that. He will if you don't friend him back. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, did you friend him or what did you do? It's awkward. Roy. Good point. I agree, but I'm not closing my account. Um, okay, hold on. No. Yes, Phil. They could have been what? You know, it, I, I like that point. If we're like at the airport somewhere, what do we, what do we, first thing we have to do? We have to pull out our phones. What's wrong with just sitting contemplatively in prayer, in thinking, 
about God. We, I don't know if we're, we're, we're losing that capability of doing that. We're fearful of almost being, quote, idle, which is not really idle. Praying is not being idle. And thinking about God is, and contemplating Him is not idle. Yes, Phil? Let me get for, we're being alone, we're, and here we go, talking about glue to our screens. How, do, you know, how much conversation do we have at the kitchen table anymore? Um, and one of your kids said, you guys are texting. Someone is texting while they're at dinner, and the, your children say, Dad, Mom, we want to talk to you. How do you expect rules that we, you put on us when you yourself don't follow the rules, Mom and Dad, is what they're telling us. If we don't teach our kids how to be alone, they'll grow up to be lonely. Um, all right, here's conversation. I mean, you guys are familiar with this. Yeah, is this a conversation to our kids? Yeah, it is. Maybe to some of us, too. Um, are we talking about post, uh, tweeting? Is this really being connected? Is that a conversation? Is that really a conversation with one another? And it's harder to have conversations with people because it takes more time. You know, we, you almost want to do conversation last. What do we do even as Christians? We make sure we email them first, we talk to them first, we lay all the groundwork because then finally we have to get together. Because when we get together is the painful time when we don't know when we're going to be getting out of there. So we do all these things ahead of time because the dreaded time that we have to get together. Well, is it supposed to be that way? Is that, is that how it should be? Um, redefining conversation. What's wrong with having a conversation? It takes place in real time. You see their reactions. You see their hurts right away. You know, if somebody hurts you on, uh, on Facebook, you can just walk away. You can just, you don't, they don't see their immediately face react, facial reaction. Is that good? No, it, just something we need to be very careful of. Because, like I said, we're not getting rid of this. this in 20 years, it's going to be there or something different. Someday, somehow, but certainly not now, I would like to learn how to have a conversation. Cyber church, you know, something we have to be careful of as Christians too is just because our services are on the internet or they're available to us. The Bible still says, Let not, uh, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. That's a gathering, an ecclesia together, physical gathering of believers. It's not virtual. It's not in the virtual world. You know, I had some uh, brother tell me today, he was the, or yesterday, the most enjoyable time that he has at camp, and, and this guy, he's not overweight, um, he said was eating. He said, he goes, you just, we're all together, we're sitting around table, we're fellowshipping, we're enjoying that, and, and we're conversing around the table. I, I thought that was a really profound thing he told me yesterday. Uh, Barn did some research that we don't have to look at, have time to look at. 10% of the population relies on that. That's a Christian population relies on the internet for the entire. That's not biblical. We need to be careful of that. To, we can supplement. Um, not neglecting of our meeting together, as the habit of some is. I'd like to just finish it off with this, because uh, Dr. Ravi, oh, you know what? You guys can look it up. It, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about 
finish off wake-up call. There's no turning back. What's your response? Parents, we bear the responsibility, I bear for my children, that we are clearly forfeiting. And some of the data shows we are forfeiting our responsibilities. Our kids don't know the rules that we have. Um, the courage to disconnect. You know, I used to always carry my phone around. Well, now there are things that I do that I'm away from my phone for hours. I don't really care anymore. It don't matter. You can get me, you can get me later when I'm home. I may not respond. At the end of the day, parents, you must define the courage and the wisdom to know when to disconnect. This is a no cell phone zone, uh, children. Put the phone down, make the rules up, and as this one kid on the floor it will be very, he's, he'll be, I threw him down, he'll be very pleased that you do that. So and here's some of the scriptures. Let no corrupt communication, text, post, tweet, email, proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the edifying and minister grace unto the hearers. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming, purchasing back, using the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, do not be unwise. And I say unto you, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle tweet, post, text, or email. By thy words you'll be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. And it is 11.38. There is no time for questions or comments. Or if there is, actually, anybody have any comments or questions? Comments, rather. Yes, in the back. Point. Joe, you had a, you, were, you were earlier. Do you, you remember what it was? Pass. Mike. It's embarrassing. Great point, Mike. It's embarrassing when you go to a restaurant and you see they have to, the, the, the parent holding it, otherwise the kid would go ballistic. Now, you, you can't stop it right there. It has to start at home. But you know, we, we, we've been told for years that television, you shouldn't have a child be watching TV at age one or two or three up to five. There's like some studies, yet we're going to, we put 
this in front of them. As Christians, we've done we, we see this. We put this in front of them so that they're quiet so we can have a nice dinner. We're going to pay for that, guaranteed. We're going to be all on ADHD or something. Something. Something's going to give. Any other comments? It's 1140. Okay. A good use for the, yeah. <laughs> That's a no. That's a good, yeah, maybe we should. Something to think about, thanks. Thanks for adding to my workload, Joe. Yeah. All right, thank you.